Because Captain America is still in the theaters at the time of this release, the first few minutes of our discussion will be spoiler-free. Just watching episode 21, Captain America. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. And I'm Eve Franklin. Welcome to the podcast where we share critical thinking for the entertained Christian. We've got some fun stuff in store for you today and talking about a movie that, although it hasn't just come out, it did recently Mm -hmm. come out a couple weeks ago. And we've had opportunity by now to watch it. And hopefully you have too. But just as I said in the beginning, if you haven't seen Captain America yet, then uh, don't worry. The first few minutes of this will be spoiler free. But then if you want to be spoiled, or if you go see the movie, then definitely come back and listen to the rest of the episode. And so you can get some of our thoughts and critical thinking on Captain America. So that way you can be equipped and know. And uh, but we don't want to spoil it for you if you haven't seen it yet. So uh, first off, Captain America, I think, by the way, has just a beautiful soundtrack. Eve, what did you think of Captain America? Oh, it was definitely a whole lot of fun to watch. I, I, I may not have been as excited about it as Chris was. I went to see it with her, um, but uh, it was definitely worth going to see and worth. I, you know, I had to pay ten dollars to go see that, and Whoa. it was well worth the ten dollars. <laughs> I mean, it's very few movies I will say that was worth the ten dollars. And yeah. hasn't Chris seen it twice? Chris Jones, who was mm-hmm. in the last episode with us with. On Smurfs. Yes, she has seen it twice already. <laughs> she saw it twice inside of one week. Yeah. Now, I had some uh, movie tickets that were like redeemable for any movie. And I was debating whether I wanted to see Captain America or Cowboys and Aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Cowboys and Aliens just came out last weekend at the time of this release. Right. And Captain America has been, been out, out two weeks. for yeah. two weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, or three weeks now since this is coming out on uh, Friday, August 5th. And uh, I I loved what I saw about Cowboys and Aliens, but both you and Chris were saying, you've got to (laughs) see Captain America and all of this. And um, it came down to kind of a decision of uh, what would my wife want to see? Because my wife was saying, oh, you should go take Jeremy, who's my co-host on uh, the Ramen Noodle Clean Comedy Podcast. Mm-hmm. And she said, you should take Jeremy to go see Cowboys and Aliens because she had no interest in seeing it. Right. But Jeremy wasn't available or not interested. And so then I started thinking, well, maybe Jenny would like Captain America. And she thought it looked interesting enough that she wanted to go see it. So we decided to go see it. And I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a military kid. My dad was in the Air Force. 
So anything that's that American, Mm -hmm. I tend to just love. Pro-America, yeah. And I also tend to like things that are slight alternative history or where they show Mm -hmm. high technology in history Mm -hmm. um, when you might not otherwise see it. Right. Stuff like um, uh, uh, Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. I keep wanting to say Captain America and the World of Tomorrow. (laughs) No. There is some really nice aircraft in, in this in Captain America. That was one of yeah. the reasons I when I as soon as I got out of seeing it, I called. I mean, literally, I was in the parking lot of the theater. I called my dad. I was like, "You have to go see Captain America. You'll love it." My dad's a big aviation buff, and he's he's a veteran of of Vietnam, but he's a a pilot, both a fixed wing and helicopter pilot, and he just he's all things aircraft. Just absolutely loves them, and um. So I told him he had to go see it. And then he, he called me as soon as he went to see it and was like, oh, the aircraft in that movie was just amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And the the story of it, this was very appropriate to be released in July. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised they didn't least release it close to Fourth of July. Closer to Fourth mm-hmm. of July. Yeah. Because that's Independence Day here in America. <laughs> um, but it is very patriotic feeling because mm-hmm. this is Captain America. It's not just like some other superhero from the Marvel comics series mm-hmm. where they're just whatever, for whatever reason they've uh, had this superhero thrust on them or somehow mutated accidentally mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So this is much more patriotic and more American than the rest of them, obviously Captain America. And it's also an, it's a very much a period picture in which you're seeing america as it was during world war ii which is a totally different society than we have today (laughs) but it almost doesn't feel like it at times Mm -hmm. because of how they display the technology throughout Mm -hmm. it but it um now from a family friendly perspective oh yeah it's it's friendly i mean there's very little i mean even though you see war there's very little even blood and guts because the the enemy's weapons just evaporate people so i mean i thought one of the commercials not a trailer a commercial in front of the movie was gorier than the movie the, itself. yeah <laughs> but uh, the movie does have violence of course it's yes. a war movie it's so a war movie plenty of violence and there may have even been some language i don't recall specific language but, some but it wasn't yeah. very harsh yeah um, that's what i've respected about a lot of these superhero movies is mm-hmm. most of them tend to not have very much foul language mm-hmm. most of them no. yeah not all of them are Depends like that on them. <laughs> but certainly less than other movies mm-hmm. in the, of the same genre or uh, equal violence that is to say um from uh the perspective of viewing it for your family it's not a kid's movie no get this idea out of your head that if it's based on a comic book series that it's made for kids. Comics does not always equal kids. Mm. And this is made for the kids who read the comics as kids. And now they're adults. <laughs> yes. uh, there are several um, kind of, not gory, but scary, grotesque sort of things. Um, mm-hmm. Similar to how in Green Lantern, there are some very scary imagery uh, throughout it that wouldn't be good for young children and could mm-hmm. really scare them or bother them. And there are um, people dying, things blowing up, fights, and all of that. So just proceed with caution if you're thinking of taking your kids there. And of course, that's between you and God, whether you see it yourself. But uh, we've seen it 
and mm-hmm. we liked it. We enjoyed mm-hmm. it for its entertainment value. Mm-hmm. And it also has plenty to talk about. Oh, yes, it does. Which we'll get into now. So now we will be talking about spoiler sections. So if you don't want to hear a spoiler, then stop now. But please come back later when you're prepared to be spoiled or if you've already seen the movie. And we do encourage you to get the movie mm-hmm. if you'd like to see it. And like to enjoy uh, one, it. one thing for those who haven't seen the movie yet, if you haven't heard um, this, you do need to know that you want to stay all the way through the credits because there is a, um, teaser for the Avengers at the end. Now, um, this, this is a little <laughs> pet peeve of mine, how people just leave the studio as soon as the, or mm-hmm. leave the theater as soon right. as the credits start. And I always like to stay for the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And Captain America was one of the first movies I've seen in a theater for like a year or more. Where everybody stayed. That it wasn't a screening. <laughs> oh, so yeah. these people had probably already read reviews. Right. And my wife and I were there together and we were surprised that, wow, most of the theater is still, still. here. <laughs> <laughs> they must know that there's something at the end. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, definitely stay for the end. And you know what? It's generally a great, great way to show your respect for the people that invested so much time if you just sit through the credits. Most of the time, the music is really good to listen to. Not all the time, but most of the time. Yeah. It also gives you opportunity to think about what you've seen. So let's think about Captain America as we now continue the discussion with (laughs) spoilers. So Captain America, uh, his name was Steve originally, and he's this... The scrawny little guy, Steve Rogers, who has, was that his older brother? Or I think best it was friend? just his best friend. Okay. Best yeah. friend was part of the army. And this is back in World War II time. So everyone's wanting to enlist and join in the army. And we see that Steve is just too small to be in the army. And, and it's has not so much. Problems. Yeah. He has a lot of health problems. Yeah. He keeps, he keeps going under assumed names to different recruitment areas and trying to to uh, recruit and they actually bring it out that that's illegal to do. So he was actually breaking the law by assuming identities trying to get past the. Now he, yeah, sure. He's to be committed for being persistent (laughs) and wanting to serve his country. And we'll talk more about that aspect of it in in a moment, but yet he's also being rewarded for having broken the law so many times. (laughs) Mm hmm. There's that fine line there where, yes, he's being persistent, but he's breaking the law in his persistence, Mm -hmm. and he's getting rewarded for that Mm -hmm. and not being punished. I don't know what the punishment is for a a line on your test, but but while talking about the fact that he was the scrawny little guy, and by the way... I thought the voice totally did not fit him. Mm. When we see him as a scrawny guy, mm. yeah, little short man, uh, toothpick build, and he's got this deep masculine voice to him. It's like, <laughs> that doesn't sound right. I expect him to be a little bit more nasally or not so serious sounding. And some, some, I've I've seen that happen though on guys. You know, some, their voices don't match their stature. Yeah. Well, it it just. It didn't seem right. But speaking of his stature, it reminded me of um, the selection of King or of David, the shepherd for King. Mm-hmm. And we'll mention this verse again later, but first Samuel 16, seven, a familiar verse to many people. It was when Samuel was being told of God to go look uh, at the family 
of, uh, from Jesse's family and all of these brothers and all of them, many of them were of great stature and very strong and handsome and wise and all of this. But then it was David, the boy, the kid mm-hmm. of the team, not necessarily a kid, but the baby of the family in a sense that God wanted to use him to be the king. And God said to Samuel in first Samuel sixteen seven, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature because I have rejected him talking about the other men, mm-hmm. uh, one of the other brothers and other brothers and as a whole for God sees not as man sees for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart and we'll cover that uh, looking at the heart mm-hmm. more in a moment. But you brought up a good point about that this movie raises with yeah. uh, the terms of being all American hero and all yeah, of that. It's like, when is it right to go to war? World War II especially is is just one of those wars where, you know, the, everybody was behind the war effort. I mean, all of the young men wanted to enlist. The, the women were taking over areas of the job force so the men could serve. And it was just like this whole effort of everybody pulling together to go to war. And we really haven't seen that kind of the country pulling together on behalf of war ever since. I mean, it, it, it was definitely a point in history where the U.S. was was facing a specific reason. or um, and, and had, I would say there was a heckler. They did show a heckler at the beginning, you know, at the movie theater where they were watching the, the news back when they, back in the World War II area, they watched news at the movie theater. Um, and he was heckling. He was like, get on, I want to see the movie. I don't want to watch this. And you, and you see all of the emotions of the people in the crowd and their, you know, older people crying because people are, the men are dying and all of that. And, um, it, it's just one of those situations where why was it such a, a pull together war effort um, in World War II when we can't get our populace to agree on war now? It's like, and, when is it right? And the closest we've got as a modern culture was in 2001 when mm-hmm. the terrorist attack was taken out on the World Trade Center towers right. in D.C., and that was a very brief period of time when people were like, yeah, you know, and then and then we fragmented over it again very quickly. And I think that it, it's a good question. It's a question that we ask ourselves all the time is like, when is it right to go to war? Because um, like when President Bush targeted the Gulf originally in the in the 1990s, um, there was a lot of talk about us going over there because of our oil interests and that the whole reason that we went to war was was for oil. And, um, you know, what can you say? It probably had a lot to do with it. But in World War II, the reason that we went to war was because of what Hitler was doing to Europe. Mm-hmm. And we were pulled into the war by um, by the attack on Pearl Harbor. But the reason for World War II was the rest of the world was saying what Hitler is doing is wrong. And we have to do something to stop it. And what was Hitler doing? He was taking over countries and slaughtering people. Mm. And that's actually mentioned in here because the, uh, the doctor, the scientist that we meet in the beginning, um, oh, I can't remember his name. I'm trying to find it out really quick. Dr. Abraham Erskine, Erskine, Erskine. <laughs> but, um, he was, he was German. Yeah. yeah. He was German or not totally German. Well, yeah, essentially German, but, um, he said that most people don't realize that the first uh, 
nation or first country, first people that Hitler invaded uh, was his own. Was his own, yeah. right? And that and that is true that Hitler attacked his own people first, in in certain senses of um, the, the countries that were allied and uh, the way that Hitler attacked even his own uh, mm-hmm. German cities. Um, but Scripture does have some things to say about defending people and protecting mm-hmm. people in. In uh, Proverbs 31, 8 through 9, it says, Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of the unfor- of all the unfortunate. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and needy. And then Isaiah 1, 17 to 18 says, Learn to do, or Isaiah 1, 17 says, Learn to do good, seek justice, reprove the ruthless, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. So I think we can easily make a case that scripture tells us to defend others. Right. And especially those who cannot defend themselves. Right. Or those who need the help. And this, I think in the, especially in, in world war two, it was a human rights issue. I mean, and, and God's people were targeted. So it wasn't like, um, I mean, the, is the, the Jews were being, just annihilated so it i i think it was i as a christian it's a it's a hard call because we're also called to turn the other cheek and to love our enemies but i think that at the same time we have to take that into account is that we don't react to things against us personally but we should be there if we have the stronger hand we should be there to protect those who are weak right yeah and Really, we could go on and on about that, and we probably will have an episode sometime in the future talking about uh, war and the scriptural concept of mm-hmm. war and how that compares to movies and the worldview that's portrayed there. But uh, this this uh, Steve Steve Rogers was very weak, and he became the all American hero. And this transitions into talking about his strength mm-hmm. and compassion right and uh during the the training scene where um steve has been admitted into the army training and he's going struggling through all of this training Mm -hmm. and then one of my favorite actors tommy lee jones Mm -hmm. is there as the drill instructor and uh, he's talking with the scientist who got steve Mm -hmm. into the uh, group and Tommy Lee Jones character says, you don't win wars with niceness. You win wars with guts. Mm-hmm. And then he proceeds to take a grenade, throws it mm-hmm. into this group of, uh, of the men who are working out, um, doing their big brawny hero type men. Yeah. yeah. And they all run and hide. Uh-huh. And, but then what does Steve do? He, he, he jumps on top of the grenade and curls himself around it. And it, it's, it's an amazing picture of, of uh, self-sacrifice. Yeah. And, and the strength there that or he was more concerned about the others right. than he was about himself. himself. Mm-hmm. And that was his immediate reaction. Whereas everyone else's immediate reaction was run. Mm-hmm. And not help each other, but just run and hide. Like and and one of the I, I don't have the quote because I wasn't I wasn't good enough to actually take notes when I went to see this movie. But there was a quote I think in around in the same area where where the the uh, 
that Tommy Lee Jones or whatever it was, was talking to the scientists and said, you know, uh, we, why don't you choose one of these big brawny guys? And, and, uh, and the scientist said, well, I want somebody who is, who understands what it is to be weak because I'm going to make them strong and they need to know, they need to empathize with the weak people so that they will defend them. And I think that that was that combined with the fact that, that Steve knew, knew what it was to be weak and um, combined with his compassion. Yeah. Part of going, stepping back just a bit, uh, part of that screening process of making him this hero Mm -hmm. was the scientists asked him, uh, do you want to kill Nazis? It -hmm. was kind of a trick question. Right. And Steve's eventual reply was, um, I don't like to see people being bullied. Mm -hmm. I want to stop the bully. Right. And um, which is a great, thing there. And that Mm -hmm. goes back to the scripture that we just read that uh, we should be out there to try and stop the bully, Mm -hmm. not to make war, not to just go kill the bad guy, but to stop the bully. Right. And we shouldn't be the bully ourselves. And and another of my favorite scenes, which is a little out of, a little out of what we're talking about right now is I love the scene where he's running with the pack and, and they're, they're supposed to get the capture, the flag off the pole. And they said the person who captures the flag is, is, gets to ride back, you know, I absolutely love that because they're all like using their brawn and their strength trying to climb the pole. And then when they get all pulled away from it, he just walks over there and pulls the pin out, lets the pole down and grabs the flag. (laughs) It's like, well, that ties into talking about his inner strength because Mm -hmm. that's what the scientists saw in him. And it was said that, uh, Steve has strength and compassion Mm -hmm. Right. Um, the strength you don't see on the outside, obviously. Right. But that's why, and this goes back to First Samuel sixteen seven. Do not look at the appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Mm-hmm. And that's what this scientist was doing: is he was looking at the heart mm-hmm. of him, not on the outward, but what? Who was he on the inside? The fact that he could. He he wasn't relying on his brawn to getting through things. He was relying on his brains as well. That he he was able to think through things instead of just you know muscle his way through mm-hmm. them. And just before they do this experiment with the grenade, yeah, with uh, well not the grenade but yeah. with the um, the actual injection right. experiment and all of that. There's a little time where the scientist is with Steve the night before, and he says, uh, "Whatever happens tomorrow." Mm-hmm. promise me that you'll stay who you are. And I think he said the word compassionate in there. And he also said a good man. Mm-hmm. And that being really a man with morals. Because mm-hmm. we see even some of the other guys, that the brute muscular yeah. men, didn't have the strong morals mm-hmm. that Steve did. Like there was even a scene uh, during the early boot camp training where one of the guys starts trying to hit on the girl that's out there to try and mm-hmm. uh, drill them a little bit. And then he gets majorly punished for it. Mm-hmm. And Steve, though, is still very respectful. And mm-hmm. he, this is something I really appreciated. And his relationship with the woman of the show, um, Peggy Carter, is that he never... Um, he never pursued her like the way that the others were, right. where they were just like animals. 
Right. I think he, he respected that she was a woman, but he didn't condescend to her because she was a woman. I think that there was a big difference there because everybody else, they saw, ooh, a woman out here where we're not used to seeing women. And they wanted to, you know, I guess, pursue her like she was a woman. But he respected her rank. He respected what she was, her job, what she was doing. And he respected her, not despite being a woman, but in addition to her being a woman. I mean, it it didn't detract and it didn't add. And I love how he said, um, referring back to telling stories about how he never danced with a woman before, Mm -hmm. he said that he's just waiting for the right one right. to dance yeah. with. Right. And that's a, a beautiful line that comes up again later. Mm-hmm. How it, and it's a good illustration of his morals that he's been waiting for the right one. It sets him aside from all the other GIs too, yeah. because so that seems to be the stereotype of a GI is you got a woman in every port, you know. Mm-hmm. I know that's sailor, but it's the same idea. It's like wherever you are you find a woman and that's you know, they're just things in yeah. in and I think he would, he respected women much beyond that. I mean, he didn't even really pay that much attention to the double date that his best friend got him on. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so this, this shows, I think, in many ways, his inner strength mm-hmm. and the quality of his character. And that's what the scientist wanted as the scientist was going to make him into uh, someone with outer strength. So they give him these... Uh, shots yeah and push this radiation onto him and he's going through a painful process right he's screaming i mean it sounds terrible i mean he's covered up so you don't see what he's doing but (laughs) (laughs) and i i love what happened there Mm -hmm. is he's screaming and they're all like turn it off turn Turn it off off." because they they genuinely care about him the person Mm -hmm. so they don't want to you know know, putting through more than he can uh, can endure Yeah, yeah so they're ready to turn it off but then he says, no, I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. And that was just awesome. To, mm-hmm. That's the inner strength right. there in him. Now, this does raise an interesting point, is that the movie is all about uh, be a hero, defend the weak, all of this stuff. But at the same time, here's someone who got the outward strength by an artificial means. <laughs> Is this endorsing shooting yourself up with uh, steroids? I I would hope not. <laughs> not, not quite, but yeah. that connection could be loosely made there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could. And I I don't even know I don't know the history of Captain America. I was not a reader of the comics or anything, so I don't know what that might have been based on. Well, it, it does go back to a serum is what mm-hmm. made him. Captain America, essentially. And uh, speaking of that serum, what um, Peggy Carter later tells him, because we discover that the bad guy of this, Schmidt, Mm -hmm. has also had the serum before. An experimental version of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that makes him kind of grotesque and Mm -hmm. skull looking. Well, he's called the Red Skull, and we find (laughs) out it's because he has a red skull that he walks around with later. But Peggy Carter said that the serum emphasizes everything within. Good becomes great. Bad becomes worse. Mm -hmm. And that's a very true statement of don't just look at serum, but power. What Mm -hmm. does power do for us? You give a good moral person 
uh, power and it'll make them greater. Is that saying power corrupts? Absolute power corrupts absolutely. <laughs> well, see, I don't, I don't necessarily agree that power corrupts. Absolute power, yes. But yeah. if power is given to someone mm-hmm. uh, like it was to Steve, then it emphasized his good morals. Mm-hmm. But in the case of Schmidt, it emphasized his bad morals. Mm-hmm. And it just that's what happens to us when we get more power is it doesn't fix things or change us. It, it emphasizes out what's you know, what already we are. within. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's that whole thing where we, we you, you come back to what, what is in your heart, you know, mm. that your mouth brings forth what is in your heart. And that, that whole, we talked about it quite a bit on the Smurf when we were discussing the Smurfs is, you know, what, what's in you comes out and, yeah. you know, and, and this, the disappointing thing about that, though, in real life here, mm-hmm. is that we all have sin inside mm-hmm. of us, and we right. have a sin nature, and we're all inclined to sin, and the flesh wars against the spirit, and spirit against the flesh, and all of that. Right. So, we all have that bad inside of us mm-hmm. that could easily, with just a switch, easily mm-hmm. uh, come out more. Right. But it's thankfully by the grace of God and power of the Holy Spirit that we who are redeemed through Christ are able to overcome that. Mm-hmm. And well, not not we ourselves, but, but the power that the, God gives us. Right. Which, you know, brings us to question whether somebody like Captain America could truly exist because wouldn't the, um, he may have been a compassionate man who understood what it was like to be weak and want to defend the weak. But once he had that extra strength and that, um, extra power, um, would it eventually change his perspective? It would certainly, uh, without, without God in it. Right. You know, it would be a challenge, I think mm-hmm. for them because uh, everyone might be honorable with power at the beginning. Right. But then what about over time? What mm-hmm. if after they're less popular or any of that, mm-hmm. then what do they do with that power? And we actually don't even get to see that with Captain America because he ends up being, um, in his sacrifice at the end, you know, put out of commission for a while. <laughs> yeah, he, and that leads right on talking about his self-sacrifice. Right, is he was very self-sacrificing. He put mm-hmm. others in front of himself. Right, um, and uh, at the end of the movie, he crashes the plane. Mm-hmm to prevent all of the um, the bombs that are on it from reaching the U.S. Mm-hmm. And he realizes the only way to stop this is if he manually takes over and sacrifices himself. Right. Which, There's no way to turn it around, and he didn't know how to fly it or anything, so it was just a matter of ditching it where the bombs could do no harm. Yeah. And that reminds me of John fifteen thirteen, a familiar passage. Greater love has no one than this that one lay down his life for his friends. And that is the ultimate sacrifice is to give of our lives. Mm-hmm. And he also sacrificed greater power or what in the movie was considered greater power because Schmidt, when they're battling each other, Schmidt says to him, you could have had the power of the gods. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you walk around with a flag on your chest, mm-hmm. implying he's saying you could have, been your own god like schmidt was trying to do schmidt didn't want to just serve hitler he wanted to over 
become Hitler mm-hmm. and be his own power. And Schmidt is then saying to uh, Captain America that he could have been just as powerful, but instead mm-hmm. he has this flag on him, which is showing his allegiance to someone else and something else greater right. than himself. Right. And that that ties into uh, scripture. Jesus Christ said, "Lay up, not don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but mm-hmm. lay them up in heaven." Right. Um, we have allegiance to a higher calling, mm-hmm. and that's what we should pursue—not our own treasures, right? But the the treasures in heaven, and uh, of giving to others. So, let's talk then about this: the power of the gods. Yeah, I, I I actually had kind of until I looked at your notes here, I'd kind of forgotten about you know the the beginning sequence there with the uh, the whole Norse god aspect and even the serpent that was uh, kind of interesting to be reminded of that and and it's a good reminder for us to be thinking critically when we watch movies that I I kind of overlook that and it is uh, definitely uh, an aspect that needs to be remembered the the working in of pagan religion and all of that yeah it's when he's looking around for that uh the cube thing (laughs) i don't remember what they called it but he referred to it as the treasure of the treasure jewel of odin's treasure room this Mm -hmm. powerful cube it's like like some kind of mythical battery (laughs) (laughs) and odin is a false god right And I looked up in Wikipedia, and here's the quote from Wikipedia to describe Odin. And this has an interesting little fact in here. Mm -hmm. Looking at this Marvel universe of comics and the Avengers and all of that, says, His, Odin's, rule, like that of many of the Norse gods, is complex. Odin is a principal member of the Seri, or something, it's been (laughs) some weird letters, the major group of the Norse pantheon, and is associated with war battle, victory, and death, but also wisdom, magic, poetry, prophecy, and the hunt. And we see those characteristics come out in Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're very much the same. Now, here's the interesting thing. Odin had, Odin had many sons, the most famous of whom is Thor, mm-hmm. who becomes one of the Avengers right. later, mm-hmm. which I haven't seen that movie yet. Which, and this is kind of an aside because we're talking about false gods here in in the thor movie they actually make a point of saying that they aren't gods right in thor it was alien right they were more like aliens that live in another dimension that have access to our dimension and so um they're greater than us and because they have greater power so they we kind of worship them as gods at the beginning where you mentioned the serpent that was on Mm -hmm. this wall they referred to the uh, Schmidt was looking at this wall, looking for this treasure, this um, cube thing. And he looks at the wall and it's got a tree on it and it's mm-hmm. Adam and Eve mm-hmm. and the serpent is there on it. And he says, the tree of the world, guardian of wisdom and fate. <laughs> That's not what it really was. <laughs> it was a tree of knowledge of good, of and, good evil. and evil, not right. guardian of wisdom and fate. It was, uh, see, it wasn't just a tree of knowledge. Mm-hmm. It was knowledge of good and evil. Right. But, you know, it's <laughs> not going to quote scripture accurately. No. Let alone understand it. And he talks about this cube as being power 
left by the gods. And at one point near the beginning, it says that great power was left in the earth by the gods. Mm -hmm. And that's in this form of the cube. And also others say of Schmidt that, uh, and his people that they've harnessed the power of God. And that was Americans. They're saying that. So Mm -hmm. they have the single deity perspective to say God, whereas um, Schmidt and others around him are saying gods Mm -hmm. multiple times. And it's, it, I don't want to break your your train of thought there, but one of the things that I make it's making me think of is the fact that we have um, Thor in his movie, which is a companion movie, really, to Captain America, um, where they're talk they're showing them to be really aliens that are uh, guiding stuff going on on Earth. You know, is that it, it brings in that whole evolutionary concept that life has been seeded and and. Uh, seen along the way by aliens because they they know that there isn't enough inf- an, uh, enough fact in evolution for it to be true so they have to put it off to you know some intelligence did it but then you know they just keep putting it back another another intelligence another intelligence but here we're we're talking about power great power left on the earth by the gods but it's a power that can be handled by a man at, at to his own detriment truly but um it's like that power source could being left behind by the gods and all that. It just, it, it kind of almost like they're, they're touting this whole feeling, the aliens as, as a God figure or that kind of thing. And Schmidt believes that he can walk in the and, footsteps. Right. He can become a God. Right. Yeah. And that's the temptation right there. Mm-hmm. What you said, that's the temptation that uh, the serpent in the garden of Eden had mm-hmm. for Adam and Eve. Is, right. He said, you will be like gods. Mm-hmm. And that, ever since then, it, well, obviously not before then, but ever, ever, <laughs> ever since, since then, then. <laughs> um, it's, that's been pretty much what we want to do mm-hmm. without Christ, is we want to be our own gods. And some have more grandiose visions of God to mm-hmm. them, what they, uh, being God of their own lives, really means, um, and others just want control over their own lives. And some, like Schmidt, want to be a god and be mm-hmm. respected as a god or feared rather as a god by everyone mm-hmm. else. And Jeremiah 7, 8 through 10 says, Behold, you are trusting in deceptive words to no avail. Will you steal, murder, and commit adultery and swear falsely and offer sacrifices to Baal and walk after other gods? that you have not known, then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name and say, we are delivered that you may do all these abominations. <laughs> and, uh, well, the first few lines of that scripture are perfect descriptions of what Schmidt was doing is mm-hmm. the, the murdering, the stealing and swearing falsely and all of that. And, um, setting himself up as yeah. a god, he was he was using Hitler as a way to get himself advance himself. But then when Hitler didn't have time for him anymore, then he just you know didn't have time for Hitler either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anything else that you noticed in? Well, I, I I will tell you this: uh, talking to my dad, the the uh, the uh, plane that he flies. In, down into the ice at the end um that that giant flying wing was actually on the books i mean they were actually designing that the german the nazis had that in their designs when when we stopped them and looked over all of their advanced technology and stuff that they were working on they actually had that 
plane uh, designed. They just hadn't built it. The and gigantic they, one. The gigantic one. Yeah. Yes, they they did buy. They did build a flying wing, and I believe that is actually on uh, display in the Smithsonian. Um, I'm not positive, but I, they do, there is the, the there is a so. flying wing, but it, it wasn't as big as the one that's in the movie, and and that one was actually slated to drop. The the very big one that they hadn't built yet was actually slated to drop uh, nuclear warheads on the you know, cities in America. So that that part of the movie was actually uh, intended by the Germans that just hadn't gotten that far before we stopped them. Yeah, and. It's so good that we had Captain America on our side <laughs> to stop them. <laughs> well, I think we had enough. We had enough heroes that we didn't, you know, that actually fought in the war. Um, the com- the comic book is it's kind of interesting that in, at the beginning of his existence as Captain America, he was used as a morale uh, officer. Yeah. Really, uh, he was given his rank, but it was a, it was a name only, and he went around, you know, doing the the shows to to bring morale and to actually uh, to get to get funding for the war. Because when he actually went overseas and started doing the show for the troops, they weren't impressed. Um, but it's um, it, it's interesting that that's what he was for. Because in in real life, that's what Captain America, the whole comic. I, I'm assuming from the history of it and all that, it, that it was a morale thing back in in an era when we needed heroes, and that that's the way they use him. You know, at the beginning of his career, you know, as as a morale officer, it's pretty interesting. But um, we had enough real heroes, you know, real men giving of their lives that we don't want to take uh, take out of context their sacrifices of what the many lives of men that were lost and and men whose lives were ruined i mean who came back wounded or whatever uh, and serving in the war and i want to give my utmost respect Mm -hmm. um to our armed men and women yeah and they did all of that without Mm -hmm. these special serums or special shield or fancy little uniforms we we stopped hitler without captain america and (laughs) In real life, and that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And I, looking at the serum thing, Captain America was not bulletproof. He Mm -hmm. wasn't even necessarily super fast. He was just made super strong. Mm -hmm. And suddenly he seems invincible because he's now super strong. (laughs) (laughs) But, and intelligent too. But uh, still, I think it's, a little interesting that they make it seem almost like he's now invincible when all that the serum did is it gave him super strength. That and his tacky little shield that eventually yeah. gets replaced <laughs> with something even truly bulletproof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which was cool. I love the shield. Yes. Well, what were your thoughts on Captain America? We would love to hear from you and, um, maybe incorporate that into a future episode of the podcast and we can respond and uh, talk about Captain America a bit more. But send your feedback to feedback at noodle.mx or call our voicemail line at 859-353-4332. Leave, make your message shorter than three minutes. You can also email audio feedback if you have the technology to record stuff at your own convenience, you can email that to the same address, feedback at noodle.mx. And the show notes for this episode will be at areyoujustwatching.com slash 21, as uh, this podcast is now of age. (laughs) (laughs) 
So check out the show notes over at areyoujustwatching.com slash 21. And while you're there over at areyoujustwatching.com, maybe you've just been listening to this episode and you've come across it because you've been looking for some Christian movie reviews on different movies out there. But while you're over there, make sure you go to the homepage or look over on the right side where it has the big subscribe buttons and all of those links. And please subscribe to the podcast so that you will get every episode as we release it. And we will be releasing episodes generally on every Friday of the week and give you more critical thinking on the stuff that you are thinking about watching or maybe that you've already seen. And be sure to go back in our archives and and check out some of our initial episodes where we explain what we're all about, the critical thinking that we do. Especially areyoujustwatching.com slash one, the number one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Check that out. That's an episode about what is critical thinking. And when you're on the website too, in the upper right corner, there are three buttons. I want you to press all three of those buttons. (laughs) One is a Facebook like button. The other is a Google plus one button. And then there's a tweet button. If you're on Twitter, then uh, tweet about us, please. And um, leave us a review in iTunes. And that really helps out honest review, but we would love it if it be a positive review and five (laughs) stars and all of that. So check that all out and much more over at areyoujustwatching.com and watch for future reviews. If you want to suggest something that we should review, then go over there to areyoujustwatching.com or email us feedback at noodle.mx and you can suggest something for us to review in a future episode or to talk about as just a topic. So uh, you can follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. And I'm on twitter.com slash E Franklin. And uh, please tell someone else about the podcast and let us know how we can better help you. So keep thinking critically about the stuff that you watch and keep growing in the word. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. And I'm E Franklin. Thank you for listening. And don't just watch. Are You Just Watching is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx. Our opening vocal talent was thanks to Mariah. The theme song is used courtesy of Answers in Genesis. For more great podcasts like this one, visit the Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx. That's noodle.mx. After we had already recorded this episode, I put out a call on Facebook and Twitter asking you, our listeners, for your thoughts on Captain America. And David Arrington, or Arrington, emailed to say, Dear Daniel Lewis and Eve Franklin, First of all, I want to commend you on producing such a great podcast. Not enough Christians understand the, f- the effect media has on our worldview and therefore our lives. Thank you for stepping up to the responsibility of informing others of this powerful median and the messages it portrays. I enjoyed Captain America a lot. I liked the fact that Captain America is not someone who is heroic because he feels obligated by his abilities like Spider-Man or because he wants to redeem himself like Iron Man, but he is patriotic and just wants to serve his country. In one respect, You could say that this contradicts scripture because he is fighting out of the goodness of his heart, so to speak. And Jesus said in Mark 10, 18, no one is good except God alone. And in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and is exceedingly corrupt. But God can put a passion in the heart of a man to serve his country. 
And as we see in the film, Steve sees other men serving and says, how can I do any less? Anyway, those are a couple of my thoughts on Captain America. Thanks again for all your hard work that goes into making these podcasts. I look forward to listening to your opinions on this movie. Your avid listener, David Arrington. Thank you very much, David. I really appreciate uh, that you put that in. And yeah, I uh, that's a good point of what Jesus Christ said when someone when uh, uh, the rich young ruler came up to him and said, a good teacher, and Jesus said, uh, there is no one good except God alone. And in Captain America, the scientist tells Steve that he has to, he's a good man, and he it sounds almost like he's good on the inside and inherently good, whereas others are inherently evil. Thank you for pointing that out, David, and I really appreciate that. Anyone else, if you'd like to send in your feedback to be added to the next episode as we talk about the help coming out next week, please send your feedback to feedback at noodle.mx or comment on the show notes at areyoujustwatching.com slash 21. And since I've said it before, since I'm now full-time employed as a web designer and podcast cover art designer and podcast consultant and all of that, if you need a website designed or if you want cover art for your podcast, please let me know. Email this address, daniel at djosephdesign.com. And if you need podcast cover art, check out podcastcoverart.com.